0: today's episode, we're talking about law and order, organized crime, or as it's affectionately known, the OC. Christopher Maloney is back as Elliot Stabler, which might not mean a lot to you if you're not a big law and order SVU fan, but to SVU fans, it's 10 years in the making. And I know we're only covering season two, episode 12, so we're not jumping in right at the pilot. But this show is different than all other
1: law and order shows
0: in that it has a single storyline arc. And was that a surprise?
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I was still wondering actually by the end of this episode if this was just like a two-parter or if this like Because I thought that every single Law and Order show no matter what was always you could just jump in at any point
0: It's more like a 24-parter because that's the season length However, it covers the mystery that he's been tackling since season one So it's kind of like Monk in that way well, Specifically we... because you got the disposable woman concept behind <laughs> this where it's like they
1: kill off his wife make him angry and send him off on the case. I think we I, I watched the mid season finale because I watched this on like NBC.com and you I did. said that it's returning on like February 24th or something like that. You watched season
0: two, episode 12, as Iago is to Othello, which, do you want me to read the description for? Yeah, please. Stabler asks Bell to have his back when they're called in to defend their actions. I don't know what that means. Jet and Malachi work together to pin down Wheatley. Cho and Maldonado go undercover to watch Angela
1: yeah so there's a lot of names going (laughs) on a lot of
0: familiar faces right
1: yeah in fact i was surprised to see a lot of them that's one of my pros you get uh dylan mcdermott except i think he's in the main cast right he's
0: richard wheatley he's He's the main
1: antagonist he is the the main antagonist
0: you may recognize him from american horror story the campaign hostages and Clive Owen's long lost twin. Yeah, and <laughs> have you made that joke before on this podcast? It feels like you have. No, I, I think I've told it to you before. Another look alike is Rosario Dawson's long lost twin, Tamara Taylor.
1: Yeah, in fact, I was wondering if it was Rosario Dawson for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. But you it's also a lady from Bones. You also get a James Cromwell. I think he was introduced this episode, which I James I mean, Cromwell's in this. Yeah, he, he was like it was really strange. He showed up for a couple scenes, and I was like, "Is that him?" Because I had to make sure. The old man from Babe. Uh, yeah. And, and the guy from Succession. I didn't Session. even have that written down here. Yeah, I think he's, again, I think he's introduced this episode. And then you have... Um, is I, he a bad guy? Yeah, That's the twist, yeah. By the very end of the show, he is. But you're okay. supposed to think he's, he's like, hitting on um, Stabler's mom for a majority of the episode. Stabler's family is
0: a big part of the show. I just didn't know his mom was in it. I know that they even pulled in people that were in the original 1999 cast as his family to play his family later on but that may have just
1: been his wife when they killed her off the only family i saw was his mom obviously Elliot Stabler himself and then his son i think yeah were you able to figure out the gist of the show rather quickly or did oh you yeah no to, like, i mean like even, even it? though it has a episode story arc they give you a previously and you can still kind of jump in at any point mm-hmm. um but with the other person i want to mention that i was surprised seeing the show was ron cephas jones the guy yeah. from this is us and he's
0: playing like a congressman right
1: yeah i think a senator or and something kind like of
0: uh, kind of shady
1: yeah well, i mean i've only i I don't know how many episodes he's been in, but he's, I just saw him for a couple of currents in this, and he's working with Wheatley, right? Right, yeah, or I think Wheatley works for him. Wheatley just keeps on, like, getting people to work for him. Like, I believe in the prior episode, right before this, he breaks out someone named McLean, who is, like, this hacker, because if... McLean
0: is the hacker with a heart of gold.
1: Yeah, and he's gonna, like, I guess destabilize stocks and and make the Dow go down, like, a thousand percent, and because of that, somehow Wheatley's gonna be able to become, like, a billionaire off of it and and get a ton of money. Yeah, the previous episode's name was, as Nottingham was to Robin Hood. So these are all, like, using really just...
0: The last two have been as Iago is too. But it's not like an but ongoing thing. That one, Nottingham and Robin Hood, obviously has to do with like theft of rich to the poor, right? Right. So McLean like,
1: reminds me of Robin Hood he, by something he does in this episode, which is actually my favorite part of it. Yeah, yeah. McLean
0: is played by Robin Lord Taylor, who played ba- Penguin in Gotham. So he's familiar <laughs> with New York, but it was nice for him to get back to it. That's what he said in an interview. He was also the roommate of Billy Eichner. Wait,
1: what? Really? So so is he in like comedy or or is he just like a dramatic actor? I think he just acts. They acted together.
0: I don't know. But in case the intro didn't cover it, mclean's character in the previous episode tried to turn himself in but then wheatley intercepted him brought him back to where he was and kind of made him work for him
1: right and, and so he wants to do good they ended up missing him by like a couple seconds because apparently mclean and uh richard they were both like getting a helicopter and stapler was about to catch them but then they left and how, uh, how old do you think dylan mcdermott is i don't i'd say 50 maybe he's like 60 60 yeah and he plays a good villain
0: like, not only was he the villain in this, but he was also the villain in that recent King Richard movie, and he reminds me a lot of, like, the Jason Isaac type character, where you cast him as the number two, number three lead, and he plays, like, the good sinister guy, or, uh, or he, he has some comedy chops, too.
1: Well, I was, I was prepared, Is funny to listen, and, uh, unintentionally, so I was prepared to, I was like, oh, he's the villain, I can't wait to see what he does, and he plays the most cartoonish villain ever. In fact, I think the director got the performance that he wanted out of Dylan McDermott, but it just did not work in <laughs> the terms of the tv show there are times where he brings a knife to like his ex-wife's throat but then he starts like crying about how she's with another woman yeah angela it's something that i guess you kind of have to watch to understand why i'm saying because i didn't think that he pulled it off that well
0: the thing that surprised me was that he's not in hiding he seems to be one of those villains where he's doing everything underhanded enough where no one's able to actually throw dirt and have it stick to I
1: was guy. perplexed by this episode because the previously made it seem like he, like once the, uh, once Stabler or once Stabler's team was able to find out where he was, they were going to arrest him. And then that didn't end up happening because they end up, like, scoping They'd him out. They confronted from each front. other multiple yeah. times.
0: He thinks that Wheatley was in charge of his wife's death. Like, he just isn't able to pin the dude. Right,
1: but, like, they had nothing on him. Like, there was multiple times in the episode where I was like, okay, now they're going to finally get to him and bring him in. And it was like, no, he just somehow, like, is able to... Either their escape but even when they find him like they don't have anything to pin him with so i was just confused
0: like the most fitting comparison i could think of was daredevil and kingpin to daredevil where kingpin was basically able to go off and do whatever he wanted and even when they did catch him he was still able to manipulate the police because this guy's able to manipulate a congressman this leon kilbride guy Mm -hmm. who you said was ron cyphos jones from mr robot and he's able to get like people in charge of the FBI to impersonate FBI people to bring in McLean and stuff. Like he just sounds like he has has so many attachments into the criminal organization. He
1: broke someone out of prison and they still (laughs) were not able to bring him in. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Right. That's good writing. I mean, I get like, you have to see his performance. Did you like the episode? The episode was better than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a lot of relationship talks and cringy scenes, and uh, thankfully for like the first 30 minutes or so, I was like, oh, they're actually paying attention to the plot and this seems like it's going in, in a couple of interesting different ways. So then, you're saying
0: they were rid of the cliches? Because there's a uh, yeah. lot of
1: big Law & Order cliches. In fact,
0: I have a couple of them here, and yeah, I just want and, to see these follow up. Oh,
1: yeah, well, I was going to say the first 30 minutes didn't have any of those cliches, and then by the very end, that's when you kind of get what, what like I was the Hollywood the ending time. Uh, A little bit, yeah, but they do end it off on a cliffhanger.
0: Okay, well, obviously,
1: because the show yeah. has to continue in its mid-season finale, like you said. Right. Does it have the same theme song, though? <laughs> yeah, but it's over-dramatized. I mean like this it was it was so dramatized i was like this is almost cinematic how much they want to dun, make it dun, yeah like dun, 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 the high strings song? and everything oh yeah. cool okay so it's the same song though <laughs> do they have courtrooms shown uh, i don't think in this episode no okay so there's not that and no then, like the they right. do start off with the like the these are real stories or whatever and a right. narrator were there any moments when they went enhance enhance the footage clear it up <laughs> no thank, thankfully there was nothing like that but there was a lot of jargon that i felt like i feel like with these shows whenever they have to do something technical they almost purposefully make the audience want to like zone out or not unfollow whatever they're able to say so that they can kind of get away with anything because they're like if we do this this and this and then it's just like after the third thing that they're explaining i was just like okay you know what do whatever you do that, you that in to this do. episode or? yeah yeah this happens a lot in this episode
0: okay and so he's not the highest one on the totem pole you've got Elliot Stabler and then his sergeant Ayanna Bell, right? Yeah. And then Detective Jett and then Detective Carlos and then Lieutenant Bill Brewster, Detective Victoria Chow. Victoria. It's a big group of people are they all in one precinct is that how we see yeah them? i mean
1: they're all like one team basically victoria is the technical person she's the person who's usually giving the jargon and there was this weird thing where at the very beginning of the episode they start off at the warehouse that mclean and richard left in the previous episode and they were just kind of scoping it out seeing what exactly was going on and they were right next to a cortex data center and so they decide to uh investigate that and vicky goes along with hyana and elliot and when they are speaking to the people that run that place one of the people says to victoria because she brings up 2008 you in 2008 you were like 10 weren't you which made me which kind of introspected on me a little bit because i was 10 in 2008 i think she actually was 10 i think her birthday is in 1998 when so I she's so she's 23
0: it was either her or jet and uh then you also have any evil parents show up any evil husbands or spoiled kids because those are big cliches in the law and order franchise
1: you didn't have any evil like parents or, or anything like that all no. right i
0: wouldn't expect so this feels more like a 24 season specifically like season five when you have tony almeida's wife just explode in front of him or whatever oh, and yeah, they're like the hunting he down or kill her killer that sort of is elliot stabler like unsettled or is he like crazy yeah or? well
1: that that's brought into attention this episode one of the reasons why ron cephas jones speaks with ayana he kind of hijacks a dinner that she was supposed to have is because he's like look in the end you might have to end up taking elliot's badge
0: yeah so we he got is trying to manipulate her into... So that's what I'm seeing as the Iago in this. Because I was going to ask, who is getting tricked? Because the whole point of Iago is that he's a jealous, manipulative uh, antagonist. So I'm assuming that's Wheatley. And he's whispering into people's ears to try to get elliot stabler and putting his force. psyche
1: yeah and putting his psyche kind of into question and, and uh, to be fair driving him insane stabler <laughs> is doing some strange things this episode to also try and get back at wheatley himself that seems to be a character
0: trait of elliot stabler's especially now that it's been 10 years since he's been like a svu cop well when did his
1: wife died his wife died like in the show or was it before it, the it show happened started? in the
0: svu episode that he did oh, when okay. he came back and then they had a very nice reunion because he left sort of um, unceremoniously, as he would put it. And uh, they had ten years sort of to make this happen. And he wasn't ever sure that he was actually going to come back. But then Dick Wolf called him, and he was like, "Hey, we want to do this show around you." And he was like, "Okay, well, I've done all this other stuff that I wanted to do. I got my pilot's license, so I'll finally come back. But I won't do the same type of show anymore." But they did have a really nice reunion episode with Mariska Hargitay from SVU, who kind of said that fans were the ones who were left in the lurch when Stabler left, and so they really had to be careful about how they it, and they, they had this like really nice scene where they kind of just like spat at each other and got mad and then got happy. and. Well, you
1: know, this was, show you know. was put into jeopardy, right? Like after the first season, it was unclear if it was going to even come back for a second season. Because I remember we were we were playing on doing this show like way earlier, but we weren't sure if we, we weren't able to do it.
0: There's just such a rich history of Law & Order that I wasn't sure if we should just jump in at the pilot. It feels like then we would have had to have talked about all the other shows up until this one. This one, at least doing it in the mid-season finale of season two, where it's uh, made itself its own thing. We can talk about about, like Christopher Maloney's performance. And he's just a crazy looking dude now, like with that beard and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one scene, there's one scene where I was laughing unintentionally because of how crazy he acts. So it's another scene where um, it's actually supposed to kind of be the big climactic battle. About 30 minutes into the episode, uh, Elliot figures out where Richard is. He's in an elevator and right as the elevator's door opens, mm-hmm. like they start just going at it and punching each other. Dylan
0: McDermott and Christopher
1: yeah, yeah, they just, just keep
0: punching each other <laughs> and, in an elevator.
1: Yeah, and what happens is Ellie ends up pulling out, like, his ex-wife's underwear, Richard's ex-wife's underwear, and Angeline or whatever. Because okay. Angela's. They, yeah, Angela's, because uh, he made it seem, like, earlier on in the episode when Angela was going to meet him for a dinner, like, um, that. and Richard ends up, like, stalking Angela, mm-hmm. that uh, that Angela was cheating on him somewhat because she's his ex-wife with Elliot, So, Elliot was trying to kind of play off that persona. There is, like, a chemistry between Angela and Elliot that you're supposed to see. Right. on-again, off-again thing. But Elliot was, like, playing off that persona, so he ended up asking someone to steal her underwear when, like, both of them were out, so that he, like, during this fight scene, he pulls out the underwear, and he's like, I had sex with your wife, and we didn't even wait for a hotel room. We had sex in the restaurant bathroom. And it was just, like, the weirdest scene to see, because, like, of the way that they were exchanging dialogue with one another as they were punching each other... It, it, it was, it was that's kind a long of off right, Yeah, and, and, like, they're both bloody in the end. But, again, he pulls out underwear out of nowhere and starts, like, almost bragging about it as both of them are just bludgeoning each other. Mm. Was he using it as, like, a
0: handkerchief or something? Like, why would, you know, that's a weird thing to keep. I mean, unless you're a perv. You did the same thing. The guy from you. Oh. <laughs> Joe, when he didn't cheat on his neighbor, he picked up, like, some of the underwear and just, like, kept it. That's why he was keeping it in the box when, yeah. Legit. Different show. So after the elevator ride though, Is McLean successful in getting the money? Does, like, Wheatley get away with it,
1: does it seem? No, Wheatley is still out and and completely good. And McLean at this point, has, like, kind of, he calls the team or whatever. He retracts a statement about him going in and, and, like, turning himself in. He's like, you know what? I know I said that I would, but I'm kind of liking what I'm doing here. And this is probably my favorite part, because it it did feel like McLean was Robin Hood in this instance, where he starts taking money out of his bag and starts giving it to random people in the New York Public Library.
0: It sounds like Jesse from Breaking Bad. Yeah, and he's like... He's like what, breaking, yeah. He's
1: like, I like what I'm doing here. And, and so it turns out that he's not going to turn himself in. At the very end of the episode, because throughout the whole episode, uh, it's supposed to be, is Elliot, is his psyche okay? He goes to a therapist. The therapist asks him, are you obsessed? Like, do you know what obsession is? And then Elliot goes on this big monologue about how Richard is planning on taking down the entire stock market. In fact, we see, like, different scenes of him trying to do that with McLean. He's doing a good job because the
0: market's pretty far down.
1: Right, them. and they say stuff in the episode that I was wondering, If it was true, like when McLean is speaking to uh, Richard, he says, We're seven milliseconds in front of the market that that's fast that's a like we're a lifetime ahead and I was wondering if that I mean I understand that I think that's like, like a
0: play on the 60 minutes thing that came out where it's like if you can uh, get like a few milliseconds before trade happens or something but if you can, I don't even know how you get seven seconds ahead
1: seven milliseconds oh seven milliseconds okay so I was like I w- I'm wondering if that's like actually true because he, he refers to it as
0: being a lifetime need, ahead you would need an extreme amount of computing power like to be able to do that so I mean the guy, don't know guy is, what sort is a of, hacker like he what, broke him out of prison no, for no but it, not just the hacking but like the energy involved like that power that warehouse must have a lot of power going to it
1: well yeah i think that like they're near the cortex data center or whatever but yeah are you
0: trying to do that thing that you were talking about in the show where you're just trying to zone people out but no yeah (laughs) (laughs) near the cortex mainframe of the data center (laughs) but
1: but by the very end
0: uh oh did you recognize bill brewster by the way lieutenant bill brewster because you've seen him recently in united we fall but also in weeds guillermo diaz i'm not sure if he was in this episode oh that's too bad
1: yeah, I can't. Cause I he would have been a
0: familiar face. I don't
1: remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember him in this episode. But by the very end, Elliot is like, and, and you know, he's trying to take down the stock market. So in the end, if I can't take down Elliot, if you give me two days and I can't take him down, I'll turn in my badge and gun myself without any problem. Which felt more like a uh, episode heading into the mid-season finale than actually a mid-season finale cliffhanger but i mean it does get people i guess to want to watch the next episode if you're so without the law and order soundtrack would you have been even able
0: to tell that it was law and order i would it probably any other of those other like chicago pd or any of those others. out of
1: all those other ones no probably not i wouldn't have or been FBI able, it wouldn't have been my first 91. thing that maybe i would uh that i would refer it to but like it, in the end it does feel kind of like that okay episode. did you give your rating already yeah like a seven a seven 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 out of ten so
0: you'd watch another episode you're interested in where it goes no
1: i'm I'm giving it a seven out of ten through the lens of someone who's like seen different clips of law and order episodes and also the fact that this does have an episode story arc or uh story arc i think does benefit this show but i wouldn't watch another episode like looking for it maybe skip through like the rest of the season to figure out what happens
0: A lot has been made about the chemistry that uh, Christopher Maloney originally had with Olivia Benson's character, Elliot Stabler and Olivia Benson in the SVU show. Does he seem to have that same chemistry with anyone in this new show or is it kind of just him being a loner?
1: No, they focus on the loner angle. Like that—that's the whole entire point of his so character. Jack Ever since he lost his wife, he's just—he like he basically doesn't have that connection with anyone else. But I should also mention because you were talking about earlier in the episode, one thing that takes uh, Elliot completely off, and one of the things that I think leads is him this is before go he sees the shrink. This is this is before the elevator fight scene. Okay. Um, is they're trying to figure out how they can take Wheatley down, and then someone's like, "Why don't we do a rainbow table?" And a rainbow table is apparently where you you take all the personal information on someone and see if there's any type of pattern that that like happens. And they were wondering if that was a way that they could possibly take Wheatley down. But they needed to break in to like his financial records and also so they need to dox him. Yeah, and, and that, then they
0: need to kind of just well, yeah, and and, and his, phone, his
1: and his phone and stuff. And they were like, "Well, what, what could the password?" possibly be and the password ended up being the date that Elliot's wife died I don't know why people do that I get the symbolism there but I don't understand why
0: so many people use their birthday I get they're easy to remember but I've never used my birthday for any password ever and I never think I will because it just doesn't seem like one that
1: but it it was just strange the fact that like he was almost gloating about it through a password it was almost like he wanted Elliot to know and that's who
0: who figured it out him
1: Ellie? No, it was Vicky again. Okay. Oh, Vicky's like maybe it's the day your wife died. <laughs> well, what happened was like she broke in, and then one of the people was like, "How did you do it?" And then she like was she gave she like, didn't want to say it, but got then it. she was like, "Yeah, I just put on the date that like your wife died." <laughs> and he got really mad about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Just an off-handed note. Do you know what they told uh, Robin Lord Taylor as McLean when it, what he was supposed to be playing as? He was supposed to be like Edward Snowden and Mr. Robot. But those are both, like, good people, though. Yeah, so he's ultimately supposed to be a good person just working something for the bad guys.
1: Yeah, and I mean, by the end of the episode, like, Dylan McDermott is about to kill McLean, but then his wife versus, like, a kind of... Uh... Dylan
0: McDermott's gonna kill
1: the only source of,
0: like, the person who can hack? well yeah
1: because he's like he just gets really mad that's that's one thing about the show is that like oh he uh, like
0: he's he's like stabler too but he
1: right it's it's the opposite side i mean it's obviously a foil but it's like anything that stabler does probably dylan mcdermott's gonna do the opposite i understand what you're saying so yeah
0: so just to get the description out of the way again stabler asked bell to have his back so when uh leon kilbride the congressman goes to bell and says hey Wheatley told me to or she, he doesn't tell her that but he's like you should fire Stabler and she instead
1: no it's it's more the fact that like Ayana is deciding to help Stabler just like with a, trying to figure out exactly what Wheatley's doing and yeah. trying to get him under control he's been assigned to go to therapy
0: so many times like that was part of the way that they in this him show where, oh, okay, in, in, the, in the SVU show was that they had him like commit a murder or or have to deal with like some sort of post-traumatic stress and then like he ended up um, getting the option to either uh, go to therapy or leave. And they just said that he left. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's weird
1: that he's now like so this, into it. It was the same thing in this cliffhanger. Yeah. He's Elliot Stabler, and I was gonna predict that by the end of season two. I mean, I don't know how many, like, how long in the future they're going to go into this show, but like, I was predicting by the end of the finale, like, he was going to probably like turn in his gun and his badge. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that that's why I thought was going to happen. But if they did that in the other show, maybe he does catch Dylan. He never
0: Derby? actually turns it in. Like, you never see him do it. He just disappeared because his contract. Oh yeah, so they just like there talk was contract about disputes. It. He wanted to do less episodes or have more money. They said no. And so he walked.
1: So it was just like one of the characters was like, oh, he's off doing something else.
0: No, more like they, they did this very... Sad scene where the boss told Olivia Benson's character that he had left, and she cried. <laughs> that oh, was about okay. That. <laughs> so that's why when he came back, it was so important to for fan service to like give everybody what they wanted. How is it doing? Way.
1: How is it doing? Like I know you said seven point seven nine. How season, is it like
0: this season? Not as great as the first season, but the first season did do okay numbers. Okay, yeah, with like the ratings and everything. Yeah, or? so we'll see where it goes from here. They haven't renewed it for season three yet. But uh, whenever they decide to cancel it, I assume at the end they'll write it where we get a conclusion. I don't think they'll I leave you out know. on a cliffhanger. Yeah. But or, I, or they would like weave it into the SVU plot somehow again and then have it. Have crossovers? There. They've already had sort of crossovers before. So, so he's come back and then like... They, That's how he didn't. was introduced, how they introduced this. Right. And then I think Mariska Hargitay has come over to the OC at one point, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe she will eventually. Yeah. All right. So that'll be it for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this review for this episode as Iago is to Othello, season two, episode 12. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Bye.